1: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. And joining me on the line right now is Mark Greenwood. He's a pastor at Glory City Church in Darwin. And he's also part of Youth for Christ Australia. How you doing, mate? Oh, I'm great, Matt. How are you going? Very good, buddy. Now, we're going to hear a bit of yeah. your story of uh, ministering in Arnhem Land and all the uh, amazing uh, uh, testimonies that are coming out of that part of the country. But let's find a bit of your story first. Where were you born and raised?
0: Great. Oh, I was actually born in Wellington, Matt, and um, grew up there for about eight years before my family relocated to Brisbane. So, yeah, the bulk of my life was growing up in Brisbane, around the north side area, and um, I'm probably familiar with, some of the people you are in this area,
1: <laughs> very anyway. cool. And tell us about your your faith journey. Did you have a conversion experience as a young fella? I, I wouldn't
0: say I did. I, I grew up in the church. My I've got quite a, a bit of a ministry history in my family. Um, my older brother was quite involved with Nexus Church for many years, and so I grew up at on at Northside and Nexus. But but didn't really have a personal encounter with God that really drove me into my own dynamic faith uh, until I was about 19, actually, when I encountered God um, at a Pentecostal church in Brisbane and had a genuine conversion experience at 19.
1: Tell us what happened. Well, it was actually, it, it
0: might sound quite almost like a, a traditional story of conversion, but it was an altar call, it was a Pentecostal church, it was a, a powerful gospel message preached and I just felt the Spirit of God just tugging on my heart, and uh, like I felt the Father's love drawing me to to him and so when, when they did the altar call as well as just having lived a fairly disappointing life and so I had some I had a lot of questions I was in a pretty bad place at the time and um, yeah it was just it was just an inarguable experience with his love that that drew me to, to yeah receive him as my king.
1: And tell us did everyone notice the difference that it made did, did you have a lot of changes in your life after that point?
0: You know what I I did I had changes i i don't know that they were all amazing, but I, I had a it gave me a drive to want to serve Jesus, but I, there was something in my understanding where I didn't always see God as my father, and so the relational aspect with God wasn't really established at, at my conversion, and so the best way I knew how to approach God was through my service for him and so I, I went straight into Bible college for a year. Um, I jumped into just serving heavily at my local church, and but because I didn't have that anchor of intimacy with God, um, which really is the sustainer and satisfier of the human soul and the, the Christian's life, it kind of burnt me out reasonably fast, to be honest.
1: And tell us a bit about your uh, career, like what, what were you doing for work at the time? Uh, at
0: the time, I was a plumber, um, but, but shortly after my conversion, I, I, I found a love for people that started to to well up in me, so I moved into youth work. Um, For about five years, I worked with troubled youth all around Brisbane and the Gold Coast uh, in a secular organization. Um, But I I came to a point when I was 25 years old, which is about six years ago now, um, where I actually just had... I actually hit rock bottom for a second time after my conversion, um, where I had... Yeah, I had some... Actually, some mental illness... Um, in my life and some some addictions that had formed, even a bit of a drinking problem. And I was a married Christian man. And by that point, I've gone through Bible college and I've been teaching home groups and all these sort of things, but just things were getting worse and worse in my own heart. And But again, I actually had an encounter with God when my oldest brother, um, Tim, prayed for me, spoke some of my identity in Christ over me, actually over the phone, in the midst of a really bad panic attack that I was happening, uh, I was going through at the time, and um, again, the goodness of God and the love of God filled the room that I was in, and I was actually instantly, miraculously set free of um, a whole bunch of things through this encounter with God. And from that point, I actually, a whole bunch of lies, Matt, that I believed about um, yeah, God's goodness and, and who I actually am in Christ began to ca- come off my life at that point. And that's when I really it was I say it's like getting born again again mm. when you discover something of God's nature that you so didn't see before it's the kind of thing that changes everything if mm. you know what I mean so yeah, so that was the, probably the biggest turning point in my life.
1: Wow, I love that born again again, and you know we we yeah. need to have regular encounters with God, don't we you know because oh, we have ups and downs cool. in life, and uh, yeah. the reality is we've just got to keep having that heart after God. And uh, he pursues us, doesn't he, Huh?
0: Yes, yes, so true.
1: Tell us a bit about your involvement with uh, Youth for Christ. How did that all come about?
0: Yes, yeah, so I guess working with youth for, for quite a few years, um, I did develop a love for them. And it's, I wouldn't say it's a tunnel vision love. I, I love people in general, but um, which is why I'm pastorally geared at our local church in Darwin, but I, uh, I, when I moved to Darwin, I met a guy named David Ridley, who was working with Youth for Christ in Darwin. And we just hit it off. And we'd had similar experiences with God and a similar discovery of uh, our sonship, um, and that we've received this new nature in Christ. And we were just so excited about it and experienced such change that we decided to uh, run this program called The Jesus School. Um, which we then built up in Darwin and, and ran it for the first time. And we just saw, we had about 20 students come in, um, and we just saw lives changed over the space of two weeks that we ran this school. And we ran it with Youth for Christ. And at that point, I was just volunteering. Um, but then learning the history of Youth for Christ in Australia and globally and just seeing that God's hand is really on that organization Um and, and has been since its beginning, you know, um, Billy Graham was the first Youth for Christ missionary, actually, um, in America. And, yeah, so d- discovering some of that heritage and then seeing that it's really a vehicle for reaching young people, um, even though it's been through some ups and downs in, in our nation. Um, yeah, just found my way through, through God's leading to, um, looking after their training right across Australia. So things like Jesus schools and internships orientating new missionaries and whatnot. Yeah, so it grew from then, um, and primarily through the Jesus School, I'd say. That's been the biggest focus, uh, which has now grown. We've run them around Australia. We're actually even going to be running them internationally as of next year, and they've just had a real impact for people's lives. So.
1: I love the name Jesus School, and you know, it makes me think about how Jesus called his 12 disciples and said, you know, leave your nets, come follow me, and they spent three years just watching, learning, and he sent them out oh, to do absolutely. stuff. Uh, is is that the, the same kind of deal for you guys?
0: It really is. I think learning, uh, after having such a, a significant encounter with God, I found a newfound um, desire to share my faith and evangelize. But over a couple of years that followed I realized I didn't really know how to disciple people I, I knew how to share my faith on the street or pray for someone who's who's sick or, or even pursue to see a miracle it, but even when someone might give their life to Jesus I felt quite uh, ill-equipped to really begin to walk them into growing in Christ um, so I started to burn for discipleship and just ask seek Jesus about what, what does it actually look like and when you look at his life he didn't he didn't commentate on people's lives from a distance. He, he actually took them under his wing. He, he, he did life-on-life life, um, discipleship with them. And So the Jesus School is actually like a communal school. We, we all live together for about two weeks. Uh, and so you, you'll do teaching, because we love to teach the Word of God, because it's the truth that sets people free. But then we'll be out hanging out, eating meals together. We'll be brushing our teeth together and actually doing life, mm. and seeing that life is where... Like theology really hits the road and begins to look like something and you can actually be an example of the very thing you're teaching people Um, so that's something we love to do is get everyone into this intensive atmosphere where it can actually look like something Um, and uh, yeah I I really think it's been helpful to see a lot more transformation especially for young people that they do want to immerse themselves into things they want to find something they can really give themselves for and um, so, yeah, that's sort of the heart of the Jesus School is to help them do that. And, and again, it's called the Jesus School because Youth for Christ, you know, we're called to be an overt missionary organization. So we, we want to, we don't want to be ashamed of the gospel. And that that's sort of our personal vision and mission. So we, um yeah, we called it that kind of as a joke to start with, to be honest, but then it's stuck and uh, it's been really celebrated because it, it just fits with, with our
1: mission. And you've seen an amazing uh, you know, move of God, lots of fruit in Arnhem Land. Tell us a bit about the ministry you're seeing there.
0: Yeah, it was an amazing story, actually, uh, with the value for family because we, with Dave Ridley, we began to run um, Youth for Christ missionary trips throughout Arnhem Land and we'd go and visit a community or, or we'd run a Jesus school in darwin and then we'd take a bunch of our students to different communities and just share with them and run sort of night meetings or kids programs and um it was it was really good and we saw we would see miracles we would see people give their lives to jesus and but there was there was a stirring for for uh, for more change and and to see more help come into these communities but we would go back the following year and Almost, it was hard to see evidence that we'd come the year before. And so um, my wife, who's a doctor, she got posted out to Nullenboy um, for a three-month medical stint. And so I, I decided to go with her because we so value our marriage, and I, we didn't want to do three months apart. And so we just prayed together and said, Lord, we would love to have access to just a couple of people out there who we can do life with, who we can really walk with for these three months. Like, what an opportunity to spend that kind of time. And God opened this amazing door to a man named Bunanbir uh, and his wife, Vanessa, um, who are landowners out in that area. And we met them through quite a divine connection, and um, he had found out that, about our Jesus school, uh, even though I'd never met him. And he said, hey, you, you've got this teaching on identity. I, I think I need to learn my identity. And I said, I, I, I do, yeah, I'd love to share with you. Where, where do you live? Because I actually met him in Darwin. He said, oh, I live in Nullanboy. I said, no way, I'm moving to Nullanboy in two weeks, and I'll, I'll be there for three months. Why don't we do some Bible studies? Mm-hmm. And basically, that, that's how it started. And so every week, probably probably only twice, maybe three times a week, my wife and I would sit with him and his wife. We avoided doing big meetings and, and whatnot, because we were thinking, let's just let's just journey with a, a small group of people and and see it really take root. Uh, within a couple of weeks, Bournemouth had so responded to just the, the confidence that he's a son of God and that he's, um, yeah, he's become a new creation in Christ. And there's something he hadn't encountered before. Um, and he really just took it seriously and he began to share his faith and he started to see people encountering God and giving their lives to Jesus and um, by the end of the three months, he had led um, probably about 15 people to Jesus, and he had started to meet with them. Wow. Um, so not us now, but him beginning to now teach them, which I think was such a key. Um, yeah, and then so we actually moved back to Brisbane, and by the end of that year, so probably think move forward six months, I get a phone call from Bunimbeer, who I am in touch with, uh, regularly, But uh, so I'm picking up that things are really growing, like more and more people are coming to Jesus. And every time I talk to him, he's just got a new testimony or, uh, of, of someone that's come to Christ or a miracle that's happened. And um, so he actually called me and he said, hey, we've got uh, probably over 80 people that have given their lives to Jesus that we're running these Bible studies with, teaching them their identity is actually getting a bit out of hand. Like, we need some help. Mm-hmm. We've got a bunch of new Christians. And um, so that's when we decided to support them by running our Jesus school out there. Um, so that was probably the trigger, I think, for um, some really significant fruit, because last August uh, we took a team of 30 people out to Mullenboy uh, and run a, run a Jesus school for about 10 days. And Bunimbeer had probably about 80 people there, um, or, or indigenous people from different communities um, around sort of East Arnhem land. And I don't know if you've heard of Mass, Matt um, Mission Aviation Fellowship? Yeah, yep. Yeah, but they were a huge support. So they actually um, loved what God was doing through Bunimbeer and through Youth for Christ and decided to support it. And they, they actually helped by flying a bunch of people um, from different communities in for the school and helping us to host them, and we put on a big a big love feast we called it where we just fed about two hundred people uh, for the opening night, and yeah, it was just really amazing, really amazing time.
1: Well, it sounds like there's been some great fruit from the ministry in uh, Darwin and Nullumboy and all these places, uh, at an Arnhem land as well. Uh, if people want to find out more, uh, they can go to the website saintsbynature.com and there you can see, uh, all the links, uh, to, uh, Mark's ministry there and also, uh, the book Awake to Righteousness a life-changing look at the substance of salvation. Uh, looks like uh, you guys have been uh, doing some amazing stuff for the kingdom, Mark. It's been great to be able to connect with you today, and we pray the Lord continues to open many doors for you and uh, many lives will be impacted in your work with Youth for Christ and uh, all the wonderful ministry you're a part of. Thanks for your time, Mark. Uh,
0: likewise, Matt. Bless you heaps, and thanks, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email. Info at historymakersradio.com God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, Scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus go to bl.org.au Station Sponsor
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au